Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. It's not the new me at all. This is the old me that was always inside. I actually nearly died. I thought, how kind of the stranger to actually do something like this. There's 19 shops empty on Oliver Funk Street alone, Peter, and it'll be number 20. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the opinion line with PJ Coogan. Coach 96. Well, uh, Thursday already, the week galloping by. It seems like only five minutes ago, it was Monday. Good morning, 0818 96 96 96. The number, the text to WhatsApp, 083 396 96 96. Your email, opinion at 96fm.ie. Let me get straight on to Tracy, because Tracy and her family are very, very worried at the moment. David, you haven't seen him now, Tracy, for... Nine days. Morning to you. Good morning, PJ. Yeah, it's day nine today um, since David left home. Yeah, David, your brother, he's he's 41. When did you see him yeah. last? Um, so my mum saw him on Monday night. Um, she was going out early Tuesday, so she just told him she'd be out until the afternoon. Um, but she knows he was definitely there Tuesday morning. His shoes were there and he'd eaten something before he left. Um, it was last week. So... It was last week, yeah. So this is day nine. So we've obviously been putting out social media appeals. Um, and all that's kind of coming back is a couple of potential sightings in the regional park. In Ballancolig. In Ballancolig. Um, and he probably entered through that. There's actually a gateway near Inishmore Lawn. Um, so it wouldn't be a main entrance. There'd be no CCTV. Sure. Yeah. So we're very reliant on people's sightings. and I know that entrance you're talking about, actually. I know people who come in there, they don't bother going to the main entrance. They know that kind of local entrance there, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a local, yeah, no car park or anything. You just walk away. In. Mm-hmm. Um, people so bring their say, dogs through sightings. there, so they might have seen him, yeah. They do. That's it. I mean, some people might, you know, you pass people all the time, you don't take any notice, really, but... Um, it's it's just very everything now. Something that might seem so insignificant to someone, mm-hmm. and could really be, be the breakthrough that we're looking for. So this would have been around the seventh of November. Uh, he the seventh Tuesday, the seventh. And it's your mom would have talked to him the previous evening. Did anyone talk to him that morning? No. So nobody has spoken to him that morning. 
No. But we know from kind of evidence in the house that he was. Right. He was there. Now, when he left, he, he left. He left evidence he left of having his breakfast, shall we say. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. And when he left, he left all his belongings and everything. Didn't take a phone with him, no? No phone, no nothing. No, no wallet, no? No. Okay. Um, and David had lived in Australia for years, so, you know, his passport, we thought maybe if his passport was gone, you know, would he just have, you know, taken some time? Um, but that, that's all at home. Okay, okay. Do we know what he was wearing when he left? I know that no one actually saw him that morning, so... Yeah, so it's kind of been a process of elimination, so um, we kind of have it narrowed down now to almost definitely, it's it's very, um, what would you say, You it, it, it's a blue lumber jacket type okay. jacket, uh, checkered. Right. So it's something that people might actually notice, you know, it's, it's not just plain, it's kind of, yeah. you might stand out, it's a blue lumberjack type, it's almost like a fleecy light jacket. Gotcha, gotcha. Bright, uh, bright blue, you'd jacket. see it like, yeah. Yeah, you would, you'd notice it, it wouldn't just blend in. Um, grey tracksuit pants and a grey hoodie um, and blue navy runners. Okay. Now, I'm not sure of the brand name of the runners, but blue navy blue runners. and... He would have been, David was always kind of very smart, um, he'd always be shaving and stuff, but he, he hadn't shaved in a couple of weeks, so okay. he would have looked kind of slightly... He'd a bit um, of stubble, like. you say? A bit yeah. of stubble, yeah. Yeah, yeah, his black hair, yeah? Yeah, jet yeah. black hair and a brown eyes, mm -hmm. and five foot eight. Right. Tell me a little and bit about him, what kind of a fella is he? So David, David's quiet, he's in... Um, there's three boys, one girl, so David is the youngest boy, but he's older than me, I'm the youngest. Um, but David's always been very reserved. He'd been known around Palancolic um, to know people from school. Mm -hmm. He spent years working up in Mario's Bar okay. um, when he was younger. So he he would be known around the place, but he's just very quiet, very reserved. Yes, yes. You said he was in Australia for a while. Is he long home? Um, so he only came home in February. Um, he actually came home from my wedding and he kind of made the trip then extended. Um, but he, he's permanent residency over there, so he'd always planned to go back. I see, I see. So, uh, um, yeah, that was my next he, question. He, he wasn't working at the moment, was he? No, he wasn't working at the moment, no. Um, he'd hoped to kind of maybe get some money together and go back then. Yeah. Um, and as I say, he could come and go freely, so there was no yeah. kind of time limit on him. Right, so he's a long, he's a long time over and back to Australia. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he's he's there, mm. I think we said, was it 10 years since he left? And so he was there quite a while. How is the family doing? It must, you must be, you'd be beside yourself, wouldn't you? It's it's very tough. Now, we've been blessed with um, Cork City Missing Persons Search and Recovery. They're and fabulous. Mallow Search and Rescue, they have been unbelievable. They're fabulous. They're out every single day. You just have to ask, Absolutely and there they amazing. are. Um, yeah, and you know, they volunteer all their time, their effort, and I mean, this is all voluntary. Um, they're relying on their own, you know, funds. Um, they've just been amazing, so they're out, they're really doing all they can. And as I say, the few sightings, potential sightings that we have, there, there's nothing coming from outside the park, it's it's just in the park at the moment. So um, you so have, kind of the focus have you, area. let me get this clear, you have people who think they saw him that day, do you? On the Tuesday, yeah. About what time there was that? There is a couple. Um, so the first one, now this is all potential, of is about half past nine. So we do reckon he probably went to the park sometime soon after nine o'clock. Okay. If these are correct. And then there's another one then, there's another couple I think in the late afternoon. 
which would tell us that he kind of spent quite a mo- the day at the park if um, these are yeah and I'm trying to remember the weather was okay so it would have been a reasonably okay day yeah w- would he would no, he we be meet, yeah sure would he be inclined to spend time in the park um, so during the summer, like he used to go over and he might sit down and read a book, kind of things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, he often walked through the park. You can actually walk the whole way up through Bellancolic, and he often kind of walked into town to pass the time during the summer. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't have been unheard of for him to kind of go down and spend a few hours there, but not so much the whole day. Sure, sure. And not to leave it, sure. you know, that you, wouldn't you, have been. You, you'd think he might have been around in the afternoon, according to one potential sighting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and of course, see their potential. So, I mean, the more information we can get, if if it yeah. jogs anyone else's memory, sure, we can kind of place them because yeah. it's such a vast area too. We're, we're going to take the recording of this interview and send it to all of our media contacts uh, to to renew That's the brilliant. appeal for information. So, um, yeah, and the the sitting the missing person search and recovery, they're 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 fabulous. Is there, is there anything that you need? Is there anything we can do to to help you with this? It's just, we're just appealing to the public, really, and I really appreciate you giving us the platform. It's just if anybody recalls seeing him, a blue checkered lumber jacket, um, anywhere in the park on last Tuesday, the 7th, um, just please get in touch, get in touch with yourselves, the mm-hmm. local Gardaí, the search and rescue um, teams. Just, just, you know, every bit of information that was crucial to us because we would just love to locate him now and get him home. If, by some quirk of fate, he happens to be listening, Tracy. Oh, wow. What would you say? I would just say, come home. Or, you know, if you don't want to come home, just give a call. Just contact someone. If you don't want to contact us, just contact anybody, just to know you're safe. Okay. How's how's mum? She's, um, she's really struggling. Yeah. She was the last person really to talk struggling. to. What was that? What did they talk about? Was it an ordinary conversation? Just very ordinary. She said, um, "She did she bring him up a bit of tea or something?" It was kind of late, you know, the night evening, um, late evening, and he just said, "You're very kind." And she said that just stuck with her. That he didn't usually. He just said, "You're very kind to me." That's interesting. Yeah. And, and you know he was so sweet. I mean, I told the kind of brothers, person who'd if it was one of them, you'd say he's gone off somewhere. But mm-hmm. not David. David's quiet. Is he the kind of person who tell you what's on his mind? Um, not so much. No. Um, no, himself and his um, his partner, his ex partner, they were still very close. So they, you know, they were in contact daily, and she hasn't heard from him since Tuesday either. She's still in Oz, yeah. Um, she's actually, I think she's um, on, on route back okay. to train, yeah. Okay. But yeah, um, so I think he'd shared, you know, more with with maybe that friendship than um, than one of us, really. That but happens. That does happen. Yeah. And he left his phone and he left his wallet and he left everything else after. Left everything, just walked out as he was. Yeah, we're, we're Which getting, would be unusual. We're getting messages now, Tracy, to say, look, that everyone... Is thinking of your family in Ballincollig at the moment that you be. That's very kind. I mean, the support we've had from um, the people of Ballincollig has just been amazing. Mm. So, not to read support from friends and family, and we just we appreciate everything that everyone is doing. Mm. It's it's 
It's a hard one, you know, if the, the phone rings, you get a text, that anyone yeah. knocks on the door, you're wondering what am I going to hear now? Or, yeah. yeah, every time the phone rings, you kind of get a bit of, is this it? And every night you um, you go to bed thinking it's tomorrow the day, you know. Yeah. Are you sleeping? Not really, you know, a couple of hours here and there. Um, you're kind of awake and we all are really a lot through the night, um, just waiting and hoping and... Okay. Give me the description one more time and we'll put it out there again. So he's about five foot eight. He's five foot eight, yeah. He's black hair, brown eyes. Um and he would have been wearing he, he has a bit of stubble beard. Right. He would have been wearing his navy blue runners, grey tracksuit pants, grey hoodie, mm-hmm. and the blue checkered lumber jacket, almost like a fleece type jacket. That's the fairly unique thing. That's the unique yeah. thing, yeah. What build is he? Um, is he Tall, stocky. David's kind of average builds. Yeah, he he'd be um he'd be average. Yeah. He wouldn't be um he wouldn't be a big lad, but he wouldn't be skinny either. Do you know? He Doesn't wear glasses or anything. No. Build. Oh. No glasses. No distinctive marks. Right. He wouldn't have had a hat on. Um, and as I say, no. Is, is his hair long or does he keep it short? It was usually it's just kind of short, but he had it a little bit long. He hadn't had a haircut okay. in um maybe a month or so, maybe over, maybe okay. two months. Okay. Um, and as I say, he's quite kind of reserved led, you know, he keeps himself to himself. Okay. All right. Yeah. Tracy, as I said to you, we'll circulate this to all of our media contacts. We have a few at this stage. And see what we can do. Um, Cork, Thank missing so persons, much. search and recovery are still out there every day. And yeah. whatever news comes, whatever news you get, we hope it comes soon to put you, put you at your ease in whatever way. Thanks so much, PJ. Oh. I really appreciate that. Not at all, Tracy. Thank you very much. What more can you say to anyone like that? Tracy's brother, David, of just got missing from Inishmore Lawn, uh, Regional Park, Ballancolig. He went in there at the entrance from Inishmore Lawn just after nine o'clock on the 7th of November, and he hasn't been seen since. Uh, grey tracksuit, grey hoodie, blue, distinctive blue lumberjack jacket, navy runners, black hair, stubbly beard and anybody who can help who might have seen him they think he was seen maybe later in the day wandering around the park that's the the last kind of seat of, of, of sighting of him not confirmed but they think so if anybody can help they can call us at 0818969696 call your local Garda station uh, you can call their free phone 1-800-668-111 that's the Garda Confidential. Uh, Cork City Missing Persons Search and Recovery can be contacted too. They're on 087 That's where we can find him. Eh? 0818 96 96 96. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focus solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's 96 Cork loves the arts. We do too. That's why we bring you the Arts House. Every Sunday on Cork's 96 FM. Hi, it's Elmarie. Join myself and Connor every Sunday morning to find out what's happening in the arts all over Cork. There's so much happening. Fantastic festivals with great events for all ages. And we'll tell you all about them. The Arts House. Sunday mornings, 8 to 10. With Griffin's Potatoes. For fantastic quality and great taste guaranteed. Choose Griffin's Potatoes. 
Cork's 96 FM. Yeah, a lot of people sending love to David's family. Lisa says, thinking of them all at this difficult time. God love them, Susanna. Thinking of the family and thinking of David's mom and family, says Katie. And if we can do anything to help, or if you can do anything to help, if you think even the slightest piece of information that you might have, you can let us know or let the guys know. We're at 0818969696. This ongoing series of incidents around the city continued last night, although although the guards were not linking what happened last night to the other ones over the weekend, like the one that Paul Bourne was talking to me about yesterday. But this one happened up near the grotto in Blackpool. Uh, there was a couple of lads arrested, uh, car stopped, a couple of lads arrested, and then the bomb squad got called in. Uh, Joe Shea is writing in Cork Bureau this morning that a Defence Forces team was called in to inspect a stolen vehicle after it was stopped by guards last night. Uh, they had been on alert because of a number of incidents, and then they stopped the car up near the grotto, arrested two young men, but then called in the Defence Forces bomb squad to search the car. There was a suspicious device uh, discovered also in the Thomas Davis Street area. That's the same same incident. Um, the Army Press Office told Cork Bio that they were called in to a request for assistance. They examined a device. It was taken away for further examination. And that was the end of the Defence Force's involvement. There was also a report of more shots being fired last night around half eight in the Blackpool area, but they haven't said anything about that. There's, there's, there's trouble brewing. There's trouble brewing in our city. Paul was saying it last night and, and uh, or yesterday morning, I beg your pardon. Paul was saying it here. Uh, he hopes he's wrong, and God, so do I. But he hopes he's wrong. But he fears from his contacts on the ground... And the reports we're getting every day, Paul fears that we'll be waking up one morning to news of a serious injury or worse. And I hope he's wrong, and he hopes he's wrong. 0818969696. It's uh, 39 days now to Christmas. And one Cork City councillor has spoken up about people borrowing money. And look, we all know that times are tight. There's always the temptation to borrow money for Christmas. But to Councillor Ken O'Flynn wants people to steer clear of one particular kind of borrowing in particular. That's illegal moneylenders. They are out there. Not as many as they used to be. Not as prominent as they used to be. There's a lot of licensed stuff out there now. But there's a lot of illegal money lending still going on. And Ken, you are saying don't be talked into doing deals with the wrong people over the next few weeks. Morning. Good morning, Peter. How are you this morning? Um, PJ, you're right. It, it's, look, it's a very difficult time of the year. There's bills coming in left, right and centre. I see it in my own house from, from gas bills to ESB bills and every other bill in between. Times are very tight. It's more difficult this year when it comes to food shopping, when it comes to heating your house, when it comes to buying uh, Christmas gifts for your loved ones. Uh, and people are tempted to overspend, overindulge and try and give the best Christmas they can to their families. Mm. We all try we're all we all try to do that. But there are some people that are taking advantage of that and that's the people that are uh, illegally money lending. And you know, you have a situation where you have some people paying back 
um, extortionate amounts up to 100, 200% on small loans. No, a small loan could be 300 euros, it could be 1,000 euros, it could be 2,000 euros, yeah. you know, to get people through the Christmas period. Uh, and in particular, parents have a lot of shopping to do. Kids are pointing to what they'd like and what they wouldn't like and, and all that sort of stuff. And you want to give your kids the best. Um, but people are definitely... Uh, look, they're at their wits' end, a lot of people. There, there, saying, there, there is such a thing as a licensed money lender. There's quite a number of them out there. there it's not there those is. you're look, talking about, no? No. Look at some, some of these fellas as well. They can charge up to 48% uh, on some of the loans. And these are registered people that are that are registered large companies that are offering quick-fix loans to people. And you'll see it very often on early morning television. Companies that are offering 500 euro loans at uh, very, very high interest rates. There's those as well. I would ask people to try and avoid those and try and, if you are going to borrow money, go to your credit union, go to somebody, go into something local and reputable. If you, if you can, if you can avoid it, even better again, you'll find that there's some people out there and they're going to particular um, individuals in the city that would be well known with um, giving out monies and giving out loans um, and they're, com- they're coming under tremendous pressure and that's just before Christmas as we, as we know kind of we kick off with the Black Friday and the and the and the Green Monday and all these sort of things at the moment, and we're doing a lot of our upfront shopping earlier uh, and earlier in the year. But there are people under savage pressure, mm-hmm. and I'm asking them to resist the temptation of these guys that are taking serious advantage mm-hmm. of them. You talk about the credit union. I'm a huge fan of credit yeah, unions m- myself. But if you haven't got money in them already, you can't get money out of them. You can't. And you some, can't pe- get money and some people and don't a- have any money to put in there. And the problem what I'm coming across there and what I'm seeing is, you know, you have women there that are going out and um, they have the credit union loan, whether it is the car, on the car or um, something that they've done to the house over the last number of years or a family holiday that they're still paying off two or three years on, on from. Um, they don't have credit available to them. They're on a limited income. Some of them are working. Some of them, some of them are uh, on various payments from from welfare. And you have a situation there where they're they're caught between the rock and the hard place. They can't get credit, and they're turning to these individuals, um, and they're they're expected to pay back. Uh, 100% plus uh, of of the loan very, very quickly, very shortly, plus the 100% interest on top of that. Mm. Sometimes double, trebles, treble that. You know, you could, you could be dealing with 300% interest. There was a time, Ken, and we speak outside now of the licensed sector, if the week's money wasn't paid, someone turned up with a hurley. I hope that doesn't happen anymore. It's It still is. There's still intimidation. There's still people being threatened. There's people... I spoke to one lady recently and this is why I'm highlighting it that the tyres were slashed in her car um, when she was short no, she was short she had the uh, she had the payment but not the not the whole lot and there was no kind of let up and there was no kind of excuse but that's after, you know, that puts you in another position again yeah. where you can't get out to work you can't, you know, there's another expense on top of it, you know um, and we got the guards involved. Uh, it, look, it's it's a very nasty situation. It's a very it's a very dangerous road to go down. That's what I that's what I advise anyone anyone who's thinking about it rethink about it because it's not a nice fi- way to find yourself in. And if you can't afford it, please think of some other options. And remember, PJ, look, we're all looking at things on television. They all look super duper. We all know people with kids, they certainly know our nephews and nieces like I have, you know, that they play with the box rather than the toy mm-hmm. or with the super duper gift, you know. Yeah. You, you know yourself, kids, they write to Santa and, you know, Santa doesn't have a, a sleepless night, but, but, but mum and dad do, wondering, can he, can he bring it? Yeah. 
Uh, look, there, I understand that. I understand that. But there has to be a better option for people as well. You know, I, I understand if people are feeling the cold and, you know, taking loans to pay off electricity or yeah. gas bills, which is absolutely terrible. There is a situation out there where there is o- other organisations. Go and see your community welfare officer. If you're finding it that tough, if you're finding it that difficult, go and seek some charitable help. There's plenty of people out there willing to help. The Cork Church does a fantastic job there um, helping with foods and things like that. And there's, there's other organisations out there. Um, pick up the phone, ring me, ring, ring, ring somebody before you go down that avenue because it's a slippery slope. That's all I'm telling people. Ken, thank you for your time. Appreciate it. God bless PJ Bobby. Thanks, Ken. It's frightening to... I remember back in the 90s, 80s, 90s, covering stories of people who got beatings and terrible beatings because they couldn't afford the 30 quid that they owned they owed to the money lender that week and it was a real thing then and there was a lot of it about kind of hoped it had gone away but it hasn't and advice there from uh, Councillor Ken O'Flynn wherever you get money wherever you borrow money this Christmas if you if you can get money from the credit union go to the credit union but please don't go to some illegal chancer who will come after you with Hurley or worse in the new year if you're short 20 quid 0818 96 96 96 there is big news this morning ladies and gentlemen of Cork very big news this morning we will have a new colleague joining us at Cork's 96 FM in the new year Ryan Tubridy is joining Virgin Radio UK you know that Chris Evans does their breakfast show well he will be joining Virgin on the 10 till 1 slot on Virgin Radio UK in the new year. That show will also be broadcast on Q102 Radio in Dublin. Now, of course, Q102 is part of the wireless group of stations, of which so is Cork's 96 FM. And I'll have more on this during the morning, but it's also been announced that in 2024, Ryan Tobardry will present a weekend show here on Cork's 96 FM. It'll be syndicated across the group and you'll be hearing Tubbs on 96FM in 2024. Uh, more news on that throughout the morning, but Brian Tuberty back on the radio, back 4th of January he starts on Virgin Radio. We kind of saw it coming, in fairness, didn't we? But we didn't see it coming that he might be joining us on Cork's 96FM. That'll be interesting. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's 96FM. Win a pair of Apple AirPods with Cork's 96FM. Just take our 10-minute music survey and you're in the draw. Tell us the tunes you'd listen to on repeat and what songs we should delete. Win your very own Apple AirPods. Give it a go right now. Find the link on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Or c96fm.ie. No, I don't know any more than I told you about Toberty. I will try to find out more uh, during the morning. 0818 96 96 96. I told you yesterday, and I went through it once or twice. I think I'll do it again. This mad dream I had on Tuesday night that was just demented. And I said yesterday morning, it had even left me a little bit woolly-headed. So vivid was it and so crazy was it. So 
imagine an area that you know really well, and I would know Ballinlock very well. So here I am in my little car, on my own, driving in the afternoon. This is my dream. And I'm driving between the Orchard Bar, Driscoll's Shop, and Cashel's Chemist. Hello to all. I know you all listen. They're on my right as I'm driving, so I'm driving towards town. As I come towards O'Driscoll's shop, an ambulance skids around the corner at God knows what speed and crashes into the wall outside Driscoll's shop. I'm stopping. I'm drawing breath. And as I do that, it's followed from another part behind me, actually behind me, overtaking me, like the hammers of hell, by a hearse. A hearse now, right? And the hearse then does a huge donut and smashes into the wall outside Cashel's chemist. And then, of course, the guards come. The guards come on a squad car and a motorbike from two different directions and they crash into each other. So all around me, I'm sitting there looking out the window of my little car, trying to get to wherever I'm trying to go. And I'm looking at emergency vehicles and a hearse crashing all around me and I'm wondering what the hell is going on and that was so vivid it was almost in 3D and in colour and I woke up wondering what on earth is happening Linda have you ever had a dream like that good morning and you drive for a living good morning PJ oh stop I'd say the two of us need help because the dreams that I have are I don't know I've no words for them really um Look, you could really look into this, I suppose. For me, I don't think I've went a night without having a dream. Um, no matter what the circumstances are, like, I wake up, but I'm, I'm exhausted. I'd say I just leave my body and go on a, an adventure somewhere. <laughs> but Do you remember them afterwards? Oh, yeah. Like, some mornings I wake up and I go, Jesus Christ. And then I, I, I forget it two minutes later. Okay. So sometimes I could have, to me, it could be like, 10 different dreams in one. Like, for instance, long time, like, I've an awful habit of dreaming of dead people. Nice. So I, I seem to have, in the past, so we'd say, rewind the clock 10 years, I was constantly dreaming of planes blowing up in the air. So literally, I'd be looking up at a plane and the plane would blow up in the air mm-hmm. and I'd be curving down, I'd be kind of hiding from the plane. Um, then I moved on and I started having dreams of my brother-in-law who's passed since 2011 and he was constantly in my dreams to the effect where I was like, what, what is he trying to tell me? What the hell is going on? Sometimes there were good dreams. Sometimes there were bad dreams. But in particular, the other night, PJ, I dreamt, right? My father passed away in 2016 and my mother passed away in 2020. So I'm always dreaming of them. um, But in particular, my dad. So this dream that I'm having of my dad, right, is his body has been exhumed. And he's lying inside in the bed of the CUH, right? I'm coming into the CUH and going to visit him, knowing that he's after being exhumed. When I get into the room, there's someone else with me. I'm not sure, is it my daughter, Leah, or is it my sister, Emily? I'm not, I I can't really determine who's with me, but we're walking into the hospital. I look at my dad. He's yellow. He's got no eyes. His eyes are sunken in his head. And next thing, PJ... I'm looking at him and his body starts to twist. So his limbs start going up over his head, 
Now, what the hell is that about? So I I run, I run from the hospital, literally running um, away. And then it jumps, the dream jumps in then to where my uncle Mike, who's passed away a long time as well. Mm -hmm. um, He's there and he's looking at me and we're having a party. And next thing, my cousin, who I haven't seen for years, his wife pops out and says her mother's after dying. So it's all related around this dying scene, you know. Yeah. Um, dead and like people. even last night, dead people, last night, I give you a laugh, anyone that knows me, right, knows I've an obsession with Patrick Swayze, right? <laughs> and I'm, I would dream of him in the past, right, but just dancing dreams. But last night, myself and my sister were in a room of the new studio of the new movie in 2024 that they're bringing out for Dirty Dancing. Oh, yeah, I've heard and about that. Yeah. yeah, and I'm a bit peed off because I'm like, oh, it's not dirty dancing unless he's in it, you know. And next thing, I'm sitting on a couch, and here comes Patrick Swayze in the door with wait for it, PJ. He's in your door, gloves in my in the studio door where we were. Right. So my sister was sitting down. I'm looking at him. She's looking at me, going, "Is this actually happening?" And what's really weird is that he's wearing purple gloves. So. I don't know, PJ. I, I have, like my husband says to me, you need help, girl. Because I could hear, like, about two weeks ago, there was a cat crying inside my room. Literally. Literally crying. And I could hear a voice going, your leg, your leg, right? Yeah. And I'm not kidding. And when I say this, I ended up having an infection in my foot. Two days later, I ended up on antibiotics. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, listen... They always say that when there's a new moon, you can have crazy dreams and stuff like that, you know. Mm-hmm. But there must be a new moon in my life every day because I have strange ones. I'm not on any medication and I'm not on the chair. So <laughs> do, do you need to be maybe? <laughs> I think I probably do, like, because it's mad and, like, they vary so much. So, but my, my worry is that my mom was dreaming of my dad. Yeah. And it seems to be where I'm looking at him inside in the hospital and he's coming back to life. So whatever that dream is about, I don't know. Well, I'm sure the analysts, the analysts would have something to say about that. We d- we do have one or two of them with, 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 that we call from time to time. We, we, we might, okay. we, when it's been a while, maybe between now and Christmas, we, we, we'll certainly bring one of them on because that's a strange yeah. one. You keep seeing your dad and mm-hmm. he's back to life. Yeah, he's come, he's back. And then I'm in my head going... Jesus Christ, was he buried? Was you know, was he alive when he was buried? I have all these weird thoughts then going on saying, what the hell is it meaning? I then I, I could, it's, it's, I'm always dreaming that I'm back in my home that I grew up in. So, and it's, it's all dad, my mom, it's all related to them. And like my brother-in-law that I used to always be constantly dreaming of Paul. He's, he's gone now. So he's gone. He's, he's, he's not in the dreams anymore. <laughs> and it seems to be my father now coming back from the dead and just dead people in general. My uh, when I, I worked for my, one of my bosses, I dreamt of him. He just ends up in the dream walking around. So I don't know. I'm absolutely shattered from them all. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. I don't know the dream then where my husband was digging out a grave, his father's grave, and he was trying to fill it in with flowers and earth. Um, so it seems to be all related around death dead people that have passed before me. Um, so I'd be very interested to know what that means, PJ. The weirdest, like one, even your, the weirdest one is definitely your dad, though, having been exhumed. 
Yeah. And, and there, there was and no explanation as to why? There was no, no one... No, no. I mean, look, he had a horrific death um, in terms of, like, he had dementia and he was kind of six weeks kind of really rotting away, you know? So maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. But, like, it's mad. It's mad. You know, it's just... You know, they say that when you're pregnant and stuff like that, you have weird dreams because your hormones are all over the place. Um, I know that my sister, when she used to be pregnant, she used to have weird dreams. Um, She dreamt that she was a tire... She's probably listening now. And she dreamt that she was a tire PJ. So what, like, you'll be thinking, what the hell? But Come here. I don't know. I will let you go at that. Um, but to, okay. to, on, uh, to give you a laugh before we finish, yeah. you said big Swayze fan. Uh, I woke yes, up this morning. I woke up this morning. Someone had sent me a video during the night. Go and look it up, Linda. Dirty Dancing, okay. The Muppet Show. I saw it. It's absolutely brilliant. Isn't it? Isn't it the funniest thing you've ever seen? It's actually to a T. I mean, even the nodding of the head when Patrick's face is coming down. It's brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant. A friend of mine, actually, an old neighbour sent it on to me and it's brilliant. Yeah. All right. right. You know what? It'll brighten up the dullest morning for you. Thanks, Linda. God, I thought my dreams were weird. Yeah, if um, if you look up that, it's the last scene of Dirty Dancing, the famous dancing scene where she jumps and and it's set to the theme of the Muppet Show it is the funniest thing I've seen in a long time I got it on Instagram the other day do you know what else is on Instagram and are we the only family the Coogan family are we the only family who are massive fans of Mr. Chicken is anybody following Mr. Chicken on the gram I think he's on TikTok as well but we're following him on Instagram and Mr. Chicken is a rubber chicken. Right? <laughs> and he has a rubber frog as a friend and a rubber duck and a few more things. And Mr. Chicken is in a recording studio. And some genius has put the Mr. Chicken sound, you know, the rubber chicken, has put it into a synthesizer. And Mr. Chicken performs the pop songs of the ages. It's brilliant. He's come out this week with Frosty the Snowman for Christmas. Mr. Chicken. Have you seen it? If not, it'll it'll brighten up the dullest day for you. Am I the only person? Are we the only person? Are the only people in Cork who know about Mr. Chicken? Oh wait, one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Join the conversation. This is the opinion line with Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over thirty five years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's ninety six FM. The minds are live. Hello. Join the conversation. Call 0818 969696. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the opinion line with PJ Coogan. Cox 96FM. Tell you one thing, trouble is buying the drink at the Christmas party. He can afford it. <laughs> only messing. That's the news this morning. Uh, in case you're half hearing it or only hearing some of it, Ryan Tuberty is back on the radio. Uh, Virgin Media, Virgin Radio UK, uh, our sister station under the wireless group, Virgin Radio 10 till 1 starting in January. But he will also be on Q102 in Dublin and, which is another one of the family, and he will be on Cork's 96 FM at the weekends. And that plan has yet to be to be laid out on for us. Clearly, the plan is there, but we don't know one thing about it. So, <laughs> he will be joining us in, in the new year. And 
We'll welcome him with open arms. Good morning to you, 0818969696. Tony was on. We Tony on a few weeks ago talking about the flight uh, between Cork and Dublin that Tony's new company is determined to put in place in 2024. And no doubt we'll come back to that with him. He's been trying to do that now for years and he reckons he's very close to it. But Tony is also involved with Cork Penny Dinners and they have a fundraiser tomorrow night at the Metropole at 8. Tickets are a tenner. Uh, there are some tickets still available at the Metropole reception and will be at the door on the night. They sold it out last year, raised a ton of money. They put on a great Joe Dolan and show band and musical tribute night. It's great fun. It's great crack and dancing and for a fantastic cause. So it's tomorrow night at the Metropole Hotel. It was sold solid. Absolutely chock-a-block last year. So here's hoping it will be again tomorrow night, pending in his fundraiser at the Metropole and happy to support it. He did invite me to go along. I will be in town tomorrow evening, so I might just pop in for half an hour. You'd never know. Speaking of town, yesterday when I left here, I had an experience. When I leave here at lunchtime, I go and collect the umfla, usually from, from his day centre. And generally between here and there... Depending on the day and depending on the time I get out of here, it's anything between 10 and 20 minutes, depending on traffic. Usually it's closer to to 10, 12 minutes. It's nice, quick hop, skip and a jump across there, across town. Yesterday, it took me 45 minutes to get from Patrick's Hill, where the car parked, to Monaghan Road, where he's based. And I was going, God almighty, is this what it's going to be like between now and Christmas? And of course, all of the changes that have been made in traffic and lanes and streets and roads and parking and buses and this and that and t'other, they're all going to come down now together for the Christmas rush, which is hairy at the best of times. So could the 2023 Christmas rush be the maddest Christmas rush of all time, from a traffic point of view. Ken Perrett joins me, watches traffic for us every morning, of course. Ken, um, could it be the maddest Christmas uh, traffic of all time? Good morning. Yeah, it really could, PJ. There's been... this. The city is on very thin ice, I think, at the moment, and the smallest problem just sends... Within minutes, just a huge backup right across. We're just too reliant on the keys at the moment. Um, so if there's a, sm- a breakdown, a crash... Roadworks, anything like that can just put so much pressure on the rest of the city. We've turned into what the mistakes they've made in Dublin. We've learned nothing by them. The, Dublin, the keys are an absolute nightmare and they've become the, the, the avoid at all costs kind of thing. We're really branching into the same same sector here in Cork because so much traffic is coming in onto the Christie Ring Bridge, having to go up Merchant's Quay by the bus station, turning right there by that new um, Leonardo Hotel, the old Jury's Inn, yeah. and then just down there towards the, towards the South Link. That whole stretch of road is just, doesn't matter what day or night it is, that is just causing problems. The one that I'm having fierce difficulty with, and I only met a woman yesterday outside the train station. She came over to me for a chat, and she was saying that Wellington Road and Summerhill are just taking her. She's pretty much, she was saying yesterday, she's put almost an extra hour on her daily commute. Mm. Um, like, that's crazy. You could be living in Limerick and probably get into work faster because what they've done around Wellington Road, now we'll know, well, working up there, but the schools, there's nine schools and colleges around 96FM around Broadcasting House, nine schools yeah. and colleges that need to be dropped off every morning, right? So what they've done is 
by changing the direction of McCurtain Street and Coburg Street and Leitrim Street, they've just put so much pressure. So all that traffic is now being forced down towards Pine Street onto the link and then over the Christie Ring Bridge. So if you want to get from 96FM onto McCurtain Street, you've got to go over the bridge by the Opera House, up along the Quays, back over Patrick's Bridge and onto McCurtain Street, where before we could just go down, turn left, down the hill, and you're on McCurtain Street. The other one is York Hill. So there's two roads off McCurtain Street, maybe three if you want to put in the further up York Hill. And two of them are heading up, uphill. And the other one, when you come down it, there's an illegal turn there. You're not supposed to turn right. There by the off-license. Yes, I've seen guards put put there in the last couple of weeks, standing there to make sure that nobody turns right down the hill. Legally, you're only supposed to turn up left, up Summerhill North. Everybody does it, Ken. Everybody does it. Um, I'm no no angel in that respect either, but it's just why is the question. Why are they putting all this traffic into the quays and onto the bridges for the, the traffic that has to come in there People don't really know anymore when you can drive on Patrick Street and when you can't drive on Patrick Street. The, the hours of that are still a bit blurred with the traffic ban, but it's still there. If you, if you drive on Patrick Street or you stand on Patrick Street, it's from half three to half six to the best of my knowledge. I'm mm. even 100% sure. But if you stand on Patrick Street at half past four, the amount of cars that will drive past you is crazy. What's the point in having it? But that's another argument. I just think Wellington Road is the one that is causing... You're talking 45 minutes, 50 minutes. And if you do have a kid in school, there's a couple of primary schools up there now as well. And there's a couple of Montessoris that do need to be dropped as close as possible. The idea is just, it makes no sense. If they could take York Hill, which is the one a bit further down McCurtain Street, if they could Mm. just change the direction of that, instead of making it only going uphill, they could make it downhill. For me, it's an overnight instant solve to the problem. It would take and some of the pressure so off. <laughs> like, look what happened to me yesterday. I left here at about uh, 25 past one and to head down to Monaghan Road. I'd normally be there by about, leaving at that time, but a quarter to two. And it was five to two before I got to the bottom of Summer Hill because they were doing roadworks yeah. on Brian Bruce Street. Just one small bit of roadworks. Once I got through that, I was flying. But that little bit of road works, and yesterday was a lovely sunny day, held up the whole place for, and caused me to be late for the Umphala in the middle of the day. You know, and it's, like, it's like the powers that be don't want to give the school kids the credit they deserve. Because when the schools are in, traffic is busy. Summertime when the schools are off, traffic is so much more quieter. Then if you look at what they did in McCurtain Street, where they had to close McCurtain Street for resurfacing, was it last week? Yeah. For a couple of days? But they did that the week after midterm. Why not just use a bit of joined up thinking and have close McCurtain Street when the kids are on midterm and it's not going to be under as much pressure? It's a fair point. And, and we are also heading into, as you know it, Ken, use it or lose it street for the next four or five weeks. Lots of roadworks will break road in the next five or six weeks because if they don't, they'll lose the funding. So I mean, you, you, you get the list quite frequently of what's coming up. There's always roadworks start at the end of yeah. November, start of December, because if they don't, they lose the money. Yeah, and but you know what? After the storms and after the bad weather we've had recently, there's so much roads in need of repair. I think I'd say they won't have any problem using the money this year. Mm, yeah, I know. All right, next next busy few weeks for you, then watching traffic, and indeed for when as well. Ken Perrett, thank you very much. Ken Perrett, Street Fleet Course 96 of M. A busy few weeks. I always look at the Street Fleet long as I'm here now, I always think of the street fleet around this time of the year. They don't have five minutes between now and Christmas Eve, so we'll be thinking of them throughout. Thank you, Ken. 0818 96 96 96. He's dead right, though.
about Wellington Road and St. Luke's and that York Hill. Is it York Hill or York Street? One or the other. York Street? Is York Street the one up the side by the Metropole there? And York Hill is the other one. You're not supposed to turn right at the bottom of York Hill. Yesterday, I went up to St. Luke's and as they were, as I was passing York Hill, which is off Summer Hill, that's the one, there was a queue up out of it to get down to do the illegal turn right. I went up into St. Luke's, down through St. Luke's, and I was caught from Gabriel House, you know, the B&B there, all the way down to the bottom. It was just mad. And this was in the middle of the day. Yeah, York Street is the one off McCurtain Street. It's the one that's nearly vertical, up there by Mother Brown's, Mother uh, Mother Jones's flea market, up there to the top. And then the other one is, is York Hill that comes down by the, the off-license there on, on, on Summer Hill. You're not supposed to turn right at the bottom, but everybody does. A bit like for years, to your Manny's Avenue, there at the back of St. Luke's, up behind the church there. Manny's Avenue, for years people were coming up there, using it to cut off the traffic, they were coming up Manny's Avenue. It's a narrow, bendy little road. And at the top, they were turning right to go up through St. Luke's. You were never supposed to. Everybody did it for years. And now York Hill is the new Manny's Avenue. And the whole thing is a mess. And as Ken said, a small tip, a breakdown, a bit of road works, a wet morning. And bear in mind, the mornings are still relatively bright at rush hour. As we head closer to Christmas, we head into early December, certainly into mid-December, you're still going to be half dark at half eight in the morning. So, oh, let the fun begin. 0818-9696-96. Kate was listening to Ken O'Flynn talking about moneylenders and appealing to people not to go to these illegal moneylenders. And Kate makes a point, which we might develop more of, um, over the weeks to come just give the kids Christmas presents it's it's just for them really no point in putting all this pressure on yourself it destroys the festive season whether you're religious or not nobody wants all that pressure in other words just give presents to the kids in your life and keep the costs down there's a conversation has to be had in every family and we'll do this in more detail another day now. But there's, there's got to, there's a conversation has to be had in every family when the the grandchildren go from three to six to nine, and the cousins go from two to four to seven. There's a conversation has to be had. Do we really have to buy sweets or buy presents for all the children? Because it can get very expensive. There's a conversation that families need to have do you know what now lads coming to the house Christmas day or we're coming to the house Stevens's day would bring a bottle of wine for the adults and a box of heroes or something for the kids or something or a few selection boxes we're not going doing all these what does he like this year and that when you've had that conversation has it worked out for you how has it gone have you ever had that let's just be sensible this year Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Bernie says I went to Kinsale on Monday. It took me thirty minutes. On Tuesday it took me an hour and a quarter to go from Merchants Key to Black Rock. So, yeah, and as Ken said, all the traffic is going to very few places, especially the keys. 
0818 96 96 96. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox 96 FM. If you were listening to myself and Linda talk about dreams before 10 o'clock, and we'll podcast that afterwards. Linda's mad dreams are madder than my mad dreams. Uh, we will have to talk to a dream expert, and we'll do that over the days to come. Possibly even tomorrow, but if not, it'll be next week. Uh, because dreams always, always, always get people talking. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. I was reminded of a post I read out from earlier in the week on Reddit. Um, just reminded again in the last twenty four hours or so. This post was quite long. It said, "I used to love Cork City madly." But it feels like over the years it's slowly decomposing on every level. And between that and the price of everything, it feels more like a trap now, which is quite negative. And then Cork Bio had an article focusing on the closure of businesses and why it's happening, why local businesses are struggling to keep their doors open and going through the various reasons for that. And in that article, they spoke with Carol Horgan, who's the owner of Best Buds, who's been trading for more than 15 years now down in the Winthrop Arcade. The Winthrop Arcade looking like a a sad image of what it once was, which is very unfortunate, Carol, because it used to be a a thriving hub and there used to be a lot going on there when I was a young fella. How are you doing down there at the moment? Good morning, Carol. Um, Fantastic. Fantastic, absolutely fantastic. And can I tell you, the Winthrop Arcade is a little jewel in the crown in retail in Cork City. Isn't it sad to read such an article where they, where somebody would think that there's a slow de- decay? But sadly, I would, I would, I would agree. And um, I, I don't go to press and I don't go much on radio because I think I don't think there's anything to be gained by moaning all of the time because we've got to get up in the morning, put on our best bib and tucker and put out the fronts of our shops and do our very best. So moaning about it really isn't very attractive, you mm. know. But I think there's a reality check as well. And I think, um, you know, it, it everything is evolving and. I think we have to be up for change. Um, we have to, our city centre is it has an evolving role in the community and we do have to encompass change. But I think what's really, really critical in the next couple of months, in the next year, is that we need to have dialogue with the people who are making the decisions for the city centre. And they need to have dialogue with retailers because there's there's like decades of experience with the retailers in Cork. And with the, with the I'm talking about restaurants, I'm talking about coffee shops, I'm talking about hotels. There's so much wisdom so much wisdom, mm-hmm. but yet decisions are, are are put out there and they impact re- retailers so much. And if we could ask the question, if all the gorgeous shops that, that we love to go to mm-hmm. in the city centre closed in the morning, what attracts people into town? Well, that's the what focus I wanted to take with you, Carol. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. there yeah. are so many small businesses have closed yes. And, yes. and struggled. Yes. And yes. talking to the retailers, uh, household linens, for example, you know, yes. they all say yes. they don't listen to us. They don't come yeah, and talk to us. The decision makers don't listen to us. Do you, do you agree with no. that? I I absolutely do. And and look, there's always there's always a back office agenda and a real agenda. And I I'm I'm sure they're not going into the city hall and local government every morning and saying, okay, lads, how do we what do we do next to close down the city? Of course they're not. Of course they're not. But we don't hear either um, about what they are doing. So it makes you focus on what they're not doing. So I think even if there was a forum to say, okay, this is what's happening. This is what we're thinking. What do you think? 
and get people with constructive ideas to come in, you know, um, because we have to consider as well, online is having a huge impact on mm-hmm. retail. But it's, it's how we live. What do we say? Shut down online. I buy things online. It's how we live, but we have to embrace that. And something I think that's seriously overlooked, if you think about it, if you go back 10, 12 years, um, we had the tax office um, based down on George's Key. We had um, Abbey Court House full of employees. We had a number of banks. Even on Winthrop Street alone, we've got um, AIB closed and Ulster Bank next door closed. There are two banks gone. The people gone out of them. Jobs gone out of them. And retail is an industry in itself. And if, God forbid, Apple said they were laying off 150 people, if that was on the this evening it would be oh my god look what's happening but jobs are going out of the city all of the time you've got offices you've got legal practices moving out of the city i mean i started on the south mall and i remember i would have people from from the examiner office another one would be up at lunchtime buying flowers somebody got engaged in the in the office somebody got married all of those people have moved out of the city as well and quite honestly we have a responsibility or it seems the responsibility to keep the the the, the city up on its toes is left to the retailers Brown Thomas put on an amazing front there at Christmas. Mm-hmm. If they decided not to do that, it's really the lifeblood will be the intravenous feed that we put into the city as retailers will be gone. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 actually it's uh, uh, whoever wrote that other article. It's decomposing. Yes, it is, and it's going to stink pretty yeah. soon. There was a post on Reddit, and it was a much longer post yeah. and a much more negative post yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. But but uh, just listening to you, I can't disagree yeah. with the words you've said. Yeah. The, the city yeah. centre, while we love it, we love it, uh, it's in a we bit do. of a state. So what do yeah. we do? What do, like you and the other retailers who were there for many years, what yeah. ideas could you put on the table? Oh, there are so many. There are so many. I mean, I, I think the one complaint that I have heard more than ever before in the last probably four or five months is just the expense of the parking. It has gone up so much. Mm-hmm. Accessibility is like somebody would say, yeah, I want to buy that chair. But when do I get in? How do I get in? When are the streets closed? I can't come up the street in the morning, can't come down the street in the morning. I think we need to reverse things a little bit for the seasonal times and, and those months. Look what we could do for COVID with closing off streets, putting out tables and chairs. We were able to to turn the the the, the, the boat in the water. And I think we need to we need that versatility and we need to be able to evolve and change our city. When the rain comes, put up the umbrellas. When Christmas comes, it's like change the change the, 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 the format. Give people an incentive. I was driving into town, I live in Cross Avon, I was driving in last Sunday and I saw the ramps up to Mahan Point were bumper to bumper. Yeah. And I said why Why are people queuing to go in there and they're not queuing to go into my shop and my other fellow retailers? And it's because I said to my sister, why is that happening? She said, it's accessibility and, and it's free parking. Yeah. And if that's part of what's stopping people to come to town, the council must consider for their benefit as well, because there's rates. There's like to, we pay our government taxes in PRSI, employers PRSI, taxes, all of those. There's a huge contribution to the economy from retail. Mm-hmm. And people say, I love coming into town at Christmas. Well, thanks very much. We're making every effort we can to stay under the strain of it with the costs that are there. But you talk about ideas, PJ. I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 25 myself, not, but I'm getting older. I think we need the next generation of retailers to come in. I mean, when you look at the average age of the retailers and the shop owners in the city centre, it's like 45 to, to 65. 
Mm-hmm. And the next generation, we need to bring them in. But let's say you're a jewellery designer or a fashion designer or a young person coming out of some design college and you want to set up a little hub and a little shop in the city centre. Why can't we give them a rates discount for the first year? No rates for the first year. Why can't we give landlords um, a, a tax break if they put a new business into the city centre? Mm-hmm. We need the next generation. Online, it's there. It's part of how we live today. But I think we need to incentivize people to come into the city, city centre. Yeah. And when I go and when I retire, who, and let's say the next generation would come in and, and take over the business, will they want to come in? Will they want to come in? We it's, need to know that they will want to come in. Focus on the parking and focus on the access yeah. for a minute. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So take what you sell, take your product. Okay. You're not going yeah. to bring a lot of products from your shop home on the back of a bike or on the number eight no. bus. Right? No, absolutely. But no. How close can I get to you to park? And like you said, it's getting terribly, terribly expensive. But when you say that to City Hall, or more- say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Or over, you say that too, and I'm going to call it out straight here now. The, environment, yeah. the environmental lobby, you'll be told, oh yeah. no, we must keep cars out of the city. We must free the cars up for pedestrians and bikes and buses. What does yeah. retail say yeah. to that? 
Well, it's it's uh, they're not living in the real world, you know. I think um, if somebody comes into town and they want to come in and make a day, but they want to have their breakfast in a local coffee shop, they want a moseying shop for the, the day, they want to go do lunch wherever they want to do lunch, and you put your car in the car park, it costs the best part of twenty two euro plus to put your car in the car park for the day for mm. over eight hours. I mean, that's like that's that's incredible. That's absolutely incredible. But if shops are closing down and they're not able to pay rates and they're not going to give that return to the the corporation or whoever it is, it. It's, it's, it, can they make it another way and incentivize people to come in? But you know what? I think the, 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 the dialogue all of the time is, oh, it's the parking and it's the accessibility. Yes, they are, they, are, they are two things. But I think when you talk about the city centre decomposing, that's a slow, the intravenous feed, some, uh, feed somebody standing on the pipe. I think what we need is we need solutions. I mean, look at all the overhead um, residential um, property yeah. that's in the, in the, yeah. in the city centre. This arcade, a, a lady came in one day and told me that her auntie, her old auntie and uncle, they were the caretakers of this arcade and they lived upstairs and she showed me where their kitchen was, where their bathroom was, where their little fireplace was. Yeah. And they were the caretakers of the or- arcade. If you go down there to, is it number, the wine bar number 26, there's yeah. like full residential um, uh, living up there. And that's that's what brings the, the story. That's what brings the, the mystery and it brings the vibrancy and it brings the identity. I mean, what's the identity for Cork? Is it Patrick Street? No. Mm-hmm. Is it is it Oliver Plunkett Street? Perhaps. You know, well, if you go to Dublin, you say, "Well, I'm going down Grafton Street. I'll do a bit of shopping, get a nice coffee." There, there are um, the buskers there. What do ask the question? What stops us from coming into town, or what do we do to make our sexy, our city sexy? We got to do. We've got to. We've got to have. We've got to have. I don't know, we've got to have nicer things going on, and we don't. It's sad. Focus on the residential, okay? Focus on the residential. And as I turned around here, and I've done it for a hundred times this year, I look down onto Patrick Street, and I look and I I see so much, and you know know what I'm talking about, so much unoccupied space upstairs. The last resident of Patrick Street was a woman called Sheila Boyle. She was the only... She was the last person living on Patrick Street. She was mother, actually, of, of, of Dan Boyle, the, 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 the former senator and still council. Yes, really? Yes, and, and Sheila, Sheila passed away only the last couple of years. But she was the last resident of Patrick Street. No one's lived on Patrick Street for years. There's all that space unoccupied. I'm, we're completely on the same page here, Carol. Yes. I, yes. You know, I yes. mean, if you go to others, one, one of my favorite cities in the whole world, and I talk about it frequently, is Palma in Spain. Yes. yes. And there are hundreds of small shops, cafes, family businesses, bookshops, yeah. whatever. And upstairs, thousands yeah. of people live upstairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was the way the way it used to be. And um, how lovely, how lovely would that be? Yeah. You know, just have your retail downstairs, and and you just mosey on up the stairs in the evening. And um, and even if your 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 retail wasn't yours, I think just to live in the in the city centre. I know that there are two shops there on that street by the English Market. They, it used to be an electrical shop, and I know they've developed apartments um, mm-hmm. as per the regulations up over it. It's so lovely to see that there's somebody with their 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 head screwed on, and they're putting apartments in over it. That's retail. Um, along that little street by the market and you can see gorgeous apartments gone in there why aren't we doing that more mm-hmm. to bring people in and to bring lifeblood into the city it's 
actually it's a big big challenge that we have mm-hmm. and I think um, like that we could talk about the car parks and the city and the city council would say oh did you first of all the radio again this morning did you hear a banging on about the parking no I'm not I think there's a fundamental we have a fundamental challenge here and we need to put vibrancy we need to put mystery we need to put identity into our city centre and until we can cross uh, tick those three boxes I think we are not at the races and I think that we have to shop local Mm-hmm. And that's cliche as well. Shop local. We sit on the back of vans and trucks and Centra and Musgrave and the whole lot of them. We, but we really, really do have to shop local. Mm-hmm. And we it, need to do that. You talked about bringing in new businesses into town. Most of those new businesses now go straight away to online. That's point number one. You've nothing. You've no problem with that. But point number two, it's much more attractive for them to go into an outside shopping centre because of the access and possibly the rents are, are lower. You're a prominent retailer of many years standing. There are others like you around you in that centre there. No one seems to be listening to you. Um, no. And I think because um, right now our challenge is to keep going and to keep jobs and to pay our overheads and our electricity and everything else that the, the cost of living has, has come our way. And quite honestly, my mum used to say to me when I was very young, will you just mind your own business? Because I was born nosy. But you know what? It's come to pass. I literally come to work every day and I mind my own business. Because if you would come to work every day and moan and groan and this and that, you don't get on with the every day. And I have bigger fish to fry because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I've got to keep my business on the road. And I think a lot of retailers are like that. I couldn't now be entertaining the city hall and I couldn't be this. But you know what? It's time. We need to. I think that, you know, they have these competitions where the best business and you get a trophy for your window and they tell you you're the best. And that's all very well. But a trophy in the window isn't providing for the, 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 the longevity of our city centre. Right. And our city centre has to you attract what you market. Like, I'm, I'm not going to ask you how much you pay in rates, Carol. I'm not going to ask you how much you pay in rates. But what I am going yeah. to ask you is this question. Do you get yeah. value in value for money from that huge check you have to cut to the City Hall every so often? Um... Well, you know, what, what's deemed value for money? I mean, we have to we have to sign up to the fact that if I want to trade in the city centre, I have to pay rates. Fine, I will pay rates. So that's a given because if you're here, yes, you, you do what you need to do. But what I'm saying is that you've got the Ulster Bank closed. You've got AIB closed on this street. I don't know, but do you pay rates when you're not um, not occupying? You've got the other bank, Ulster Bank, magnificent building on Patrick Street next to Superdry closed down, do they pay rates or is that contribution taken out of the per the, 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 the public purse again? Yeah. So what we we, we we have to generate new stuff as opposed to moan about the terms and conditions that we have. We know the terms and conditions we choose to, to work by them. Mm. See, I don't I retailers. don't think I don't think Carol, I don't think I've heard a, a word of moaning from you. What I'm and, and No I'm, because it's just my disposition. No, I just no, don't no, bother no. What, you. What you're doing is you're stating hard facts. And when one is stating yeah. hard facts, one is not moaning. There is this thing yeah. out there, you know, we gotta put on the red jersey and be positive. And that's all very fine. But when the powers that be aren't yeah. rowing in with yeah. us people like you, people like Wayne Stansfeld yeah. over in Pinocchio, people like, was it, yeah. is it Jim, yeah. was his name down in Household Linens, people who have closed yes. They're, yes. they're saying for ages to me and to others it's not, they're not focusing on keeping the small businesses open. That's not moaning, that's yeah. facts. No, they're not. They're not focusing on on making putting vibrancy into our city centre. It's not vibrant. I'm very sad to say. It's like God forbid. It's like having a sick relation out there in Patrick Street. I don't go out there. It makes me sad. 
You know, pennies, if pennies closed in the morning, we'd be, it would be lights out, you know, ball burst game over. Yeah. Because you've got least football. We closed, we closed the traffic 3 to 6.30. Yeah. Why? Why? And let people park in the street. Why? Why do we set out to be be uh, obstructive as opposed to objective? Mm-hmm. You know, why? Why? Why do we do that to our gorgeous city centre? Look, go down, go down, um, Opera Lane. Look at all the shops closed down there. Top man, all the English shops, they all they all bailed out. Yeah, it's like you know, Eason's downsized to down in the corner, down down on whatever street that is, Marlborough Street, onto Patrick Street. It's a gorgeous corner, but mm. you know. It's downsizing, and I think I, I think that's certainly what, speaking to other retailers, that's what they're thinking about, just reducing the space they have yeah. and working in a smaller space. And I can absolutely understand it, because what will I spend more money on in 2024? I'm going to spend it on online. Yeah. More, I'm going, to, I'm going to ramp it up a little bit more, because I have to, to survive. But I do think that the retail shop experience is a beautiful experience. I think bricks and mortar, I think it will come oh, yeah. round again. It will come round yeah, again. But will also. it be here? Will it be here when people come around? I, I honestly, I don't know. And I'm old school, up early, put out the shop front, let's go. Yeah. And I would love to see that there was a younger generation coming behind us to say, yeah, and we're going to bolt on what we learned at college. And we're going to bolt on the AI side of it, yeah. <laughs> you know, or whatever is coming our way. Mm-hmm. But we have to have an incentive. If retail goes out of the city centre, we have got a big problem. But for now, it's in the cent- city centre and we need, I don't know, what's the population of Cork, even if we had 10% of them coming through for Christmas, we need it to keep it going. We need it all year through. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a momentum with Christmas time, but we need that momentum all year through. We can't say to our employees, well, you know, you can you, you can take a break there after Christmas and we'll see you again, you know, wedding season or we'll see you for Valentine's or Mother's Day. Tim is saying here that uh, you can park all day and he's right, you can park all day in Killarney for about a euro. Yeah, but, you know, I can't park in Killarney when I come to work. Yeah. I'm only being facetious. No, he's, no, <laughs> but, no. You know, he's just yeah. saying there's your comparison. I know, I know that. There's I your know, comparison. Absolutely. Like, where where yeah. do you park for work? Um, we park, um, uh, there's a car park in the Grand Parade down there, you know, the one by the library. Yeah. We park there or you see, we have a van, so we're going in and out with stuff all of the time. So we, we, we just legally park around the city or we park in a loading bay for the, the maximum time that we can. Mm-hmm. And then accessibility, we're in very early in the morning to take out our recycling. And we've got to drive up on Winthrop Street and then the parking wardens who need to do their job, they're instructed by a boss to every morning. Mm-hmm. They say, you know, you need to drive on there. You need to, and you think, like, where do you want me to go? Where there do you, you want me to go? You know, when we're taking out our bins, we, we have so much um, recycling to do. We've got to take it out every second day. And um, it's we're in trouble or we will get a parking fine. Um, and then you're trying to stay on the right side of everybody, you know, the, 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 the guards, the parking wardens, because they all have the job to do. And I sound like placid old doll now, but I'm certainly not. You actually don't. You actually sound like someone. No, you actually sound like someone, Carol, who's passionate about the business mm-hmm. and passionate well, about Carol the city in which you do. Hmm? Carol for president, PJ. <laughs> no, I, 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 I you know, this is this is a positive <laughs> conversation about things yes. that are very yes. it is positive, yeah. but but you're stating yes. a lot yes. of facts. Hard yeah. facts. Yeah. 
hard facts. Yeah, reality. Yeah, reality hurts sometimes, and um, yeah, it's 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 sad. But you know, if we had the Cork Business Association, Cork Networks Association, all those associations, and if we had some key people and said, okay, what are people really saying? What what can we do? What can we really do? And let's let's bring this wisdom and let's bring it around the table. Do you think? I mean, do, you, do you think the associations, such as we have yeah. them, are doing enough? Yeah. Um, I, I, I think they are. I, I, I think they do great things. They do fantastic things. And they have dinner dances and you sponsor tables and you get people to vote for you. And you, you, they put a lot of energy into all of that. And while that's very, very important, I think there are fundamentals that we have to address. Mm-hmm. Fundamentals that we have to address and the hard stuff. You know, you know, it's like getting out your homework and you, you do the easy stuff first and then you get down to the maths and the Irish. I think we need to get down to the maths and the Irish. You know, you suggest you suggest questions. You suggest a forum. Let, let's let's begin with one. OK, um, yeah. you suggest a couple of questions, two questions. One, what stops you stops you from going to yes. town as a yes. consumer, as a customer. The other one is what would stop you from opening a business. But can we focus on that one and maybe take it for the rest oh my of God, the day? It'd be fantastic, yeah. Okay. Let's because put- it's a different, as you say, it's a different agenda item as opposed to parking and accessibility. Mm-hmm. But if we got the if we got the public to tell us, well, what that's, stops you from coming into town? That's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah, I'm going to throw it out there. Let's start there. On the back mm-hmm. of this conversation for the rest of the program this morning, and might take it into tomorrow, yeah. what stops you coming in? What stops you coming? Carol, I look forward to coming down and seeing uh, the Winthrop Please Arcade. Please do. Please um, do, because you're, you're, you're... I'm in for a surprise by the sounds of things. I think it's a different arcade. You were waltzing through, well, to be possibly, You see, the, Carol, it was in the summertime. It was about maybe 20 past seven in the morning, and there was a lot of spraying and washing going on, I and a lot see. of people dragging stuff Come in and out. You're, so. you're telling us the whole story now when you started out <laughs> saying something else. My goodness. But anyway, PJ, it's the Best of Buds award-winning uh, flower shop in the city centre and interiors, and we're passionate about our business, passionate about our customers, so... Let's support us this Christmas. Okay, and I will, I will, and I will be in very, very soon. Your shop, by the way, stands out. I've seen lots of photographs of it. Hello, we admit the population of Cork. They tell us. You see, we can always find these figures. You asked what it was: two hundred and twenty-three, two hundred and twenty-two thousand three hundred and thirty-three, or thereabouts. Oh my God! And imagine if I just got three hundred and thirty. Three more people, new customers come through my shop this Christmas. Wouldn't we have a good one? Wouldn't you just? Carol, a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you. That's um, that's an interesting one. Carol Horgan from Best of Buds in the Winthrop Arcade. So let's throw that question out there and we'll do it today and we might even do it tomorrow. She suggests that we do it. So we've got 39 days to Christmas. Uh, what, 37 or 38 shopping days left? seeing as it's seven days a week now. What would stop you coming in? I will do it today and we'll do it tomorrow. What would prevent you from coming in to Cork over the next 30-something days to do your Christmas shopping? If you don't intend to come in, why don't you intend to come in? And here's what we'll do. We'll put these answers together and we'll give them to Carol to do with as she pleases and she can take them to City Hall she can take them to the Corporate Association she can take them to whoever she wishes so what would stop you from coming in over the next few weeks to do your shopping in the city centre over to you 083 
So what would stop you uh, if you are reluctant to come into the city over the next few weeks? I'll be in a couple of times. Uh, I, I do like coming in. Usually come in on a Saturday morning in the run-up to Christmas. I always try to be in here in the last few days because I do love the city centre in, in the run-up to Christmas. Um, for all its faults, and there are many, it's still Cork City and it's still a great place to be. Something that's missing and has been missing for 20 years now is the busman's hut. Do you remember it? It used to be there near Father Matthew. And it was taken away when they were revamping the street and putting in those very strange lights uh, 20 years ago. And it never came back. And it was left to gather dust in a storage yard. Uh, It's coming back, but not to Patrick Street. Councillor McFlynn, good morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. It it wasn't a busman's hut originally. It was a fire station. Yeah, could I just make one point about that Carol made? I think she made a very insightful point about sure. the city centre. And I think, you know, it should lead into maybe a wider forum in, in January or February about the future of the city centre. I'm a big believer in big projects having ripple effects, and I think it's why the Rochester is building, <clears throat> the Debenham is building. You know, that's after being purchased. There are plans for it to be uh, kind of come back into, into, uh, into operation, and I think that will have a ripple effect. But I think it should build into a forum. There is a city centre group called CORE, but I think by the sounds of things, it needs to be reimagined. Uh, and I think that she made very valid points. And okay. I think we, are, we're, we're, we all want the city centre to be to be thriving. So going back to the, the, the fireman's rest, as it's called, yeah, look, uh, something the year I was Lord Mayor, there were several people you know, who were interested in the history of the city and the heritage contacted me about the fact that it was rotting away in a depot in Fitzgerald's Park. Mm-hmm. And it, like Mangan's clock, it had been on the street, you know, a hundred years ago, hundred odd years ago, uh, during the burning of Cork, and it survived it. Um, it was a fireman's rest first, and then it became, as you said, a, a bus depot. Um, so like, it has a long history on the street, and during the renovations was removed uh, of Patrick Street for some reason and wasn't kind of part of the reinterpreted street. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there was a bit of a campaign for to see what was happening with it. Um, as I said, it was deteriorating in a, in, in a depot at Fisher's Park. So I was delighted, you know, that last year it kind of, the campaign kind of came to fruition when they started work on refurbing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I met a, a well-known photographer in Cork recently who said that he's documenting each stage of it. Excellent. Uh, you know, and he said it's, you know, to see it transformed from being something that you'd, you know, you wouldn't look at twice in a corner to something now that's going to be a corner piece of uh, Anglesey Street, you know. Is, it, is it'll be over outside the actual fire station, will it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think, you know, there was there, there were talks about where to put it, you know, whether to relocate it on Patrick Street, you know, um, you know, a couple of other suggestions to more Valley Park. But I think, you know, given its provenance and, you know, original history as, as a fireman's rest, um, and the crucial role that the Fire Brigade played during the burning of Cork, you know, I think it's a very apt place for it. And, it, you know, I suppose what prompted me to put the question last week was I was passing the Fire Brigade and I saw some work being done on a kind of a base and I was wondering, is that where it was going to go? Right. Um, so, 
So the, 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 you know, the, the, it's it's progressing well. Um, the, the, the plan is to have it open before the end of the year. Excellent. Uh, and I, but I think that some of the kind of internal elements of it, like the interpretation of it as a fireman's dress, burning a cork, you know, it's it's history down through the years, right. won't probably be in place a little bit later next year, you know. Mick, we'll have a chance to talk about it again for no reason other than time. I'll leave it there. Former Lord Mayor and uh, Councillor, of course, Mick Finn. The busman's hut or the fireman's rest as it used to be coming back to Anglesey Street where it will live for the rest of its days outside the actual fire station. It'll be there in the new year. Nice bit of good news. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox 96 FM. The minds are live. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 0833-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96
So you you were living here, Jennifer. How long have you been here? Then I was doing my master's in public health. Okay. I literally was living in the country, I think, uh, two, two years. Then I just, yeah, kind of going to two years, I finished my t- um, master's, just trying to turn in my thesis, literally more than one year though. So. And you were both looking online for someone to meet? Yeah. Who spotted who yeah. first, Owen? Um, I think it must have been me, was it, Jane? Yeah. Yeah, and then you went to Luigi Malone's and many's the romance that has started in there. So then it came to wedding time and there there were traditions to work into the wedding. What what did you want to bring into it, Jennifer? Yeah, you'd say I actually wanted to bring my culture into it um, because um, in my home country, it's kind of like I have to bring my husband home and there's always a prayer and a blessing. So um, Owen agreed, we went to Nigeria um, to do the traditional wedding first. Right. So we had uh, all my culture, Owen had to put on my dress, our own uh, attire, I put on my own dress and the bead. So that was done. So which it's like originally a perfect marriage because that was the wedding we do before you know um so in, so in nigerian culture you, know, you have to bring your new husband home and present him to the family so owen you realized hey i've got to go to nigeria and meet people that must have been exciting uh, it was yeah like I, i've traveled to about 15 20 different countries so the thing is that it was like a different culture yeah. But the thing is that on the day too as well, um, the way the wedding was done was totally different. The yeah, way you wear, it was different different dress that you have to wear, you know? Yeah. There's a lot, a lot of colour and a lot of music. Well, a lot of colour, a lot of music, and it's like you're dancing up to the altar, you know? You what? It's like you're dancing up to it, you know? They, they don't do it before you come in, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so that was a total shock, you know? <laughs> <laughs> this music, the, the, the music. I've, I've only ever seen African weddings and weddings from that part of the yeah. world on YouTube. Um, yeah. So you had you did you did you have to learn to dance? No, no, I can dance. <laughs> it was the big dance. But, but I thought Owen. I thought Owen. There was a there was a dance then that was you know entrained by King's, King's Dane. It's it's called it's called Boga. Owen was able to, you know, uh, dance the dance to the song. And I think many of the um, vloggers in Nigeria, both newspapers and uh, a lot of internet, you know, could they, 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 they were so excited that they could see like a white man dancing that. So it went viral. A lot of people were telling me that most of the newspapers, Owen is there dancing because I taught him that particular dance. That's right. She taught me that dance. What's your Buga? Buga, is it? The Booga, yeah. yeah. It's called Booga, yeah. yeah like Boogie. <laughs> <laughs> and and what else? What kind of... It is the Boogie. It is the... Fergal is telling me here. It's the, it is the origin of, of the Boogie Woogie, the jazz dance. So it's a big ceremony. It's a big family occasion. It's very religious in Nigeria, is it, Jennifer? Yeah, but to be honest, we also do the um, white wedding, like we call it the white wedding, because before the English people came, you know, during the colonization, that was the marriage. The traditional wedding was the one that, you know, is that is the one that is recognized that must be done before you do any other wedding. 
So uh, I would say that the tradition is mainly bringing families together, giving out the marriage, you know what I mean, and doing the blessings and all that, giving their daughter out in marriage. So that is really very important in, in Nigeria culture. Yeah, it sounds really like the, 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 the cultures are kind of similar in that an, an Irish wedding on is a huge family occasion too, but yeah. did you work some Nigerian elements then into the Cork end of the of the deal? She did, yeah. There was, well, it was like more traditional, but uh, she, she brought Nigerian tools into it. And that, Jen. What did you do? Yeah, that's true. What did you do? What, what did you do in, in, the, in the Cork end of the wedding? Yeah, you see, um, the dancing part of it, like um, when you want to, you know, the entrance, the, uh, when they call the uh, uh, the couples in. So I made most of, it was really fun. I think the groomsmen enjoyed it. They actually danced in with the bridesmaid. Ooh. No, we all danced in, yeah. <laughs> groomsmen don't usually do a whole lot of dancing at Irish weddings, do they? No, no, it was a shock to them. <laughs> How did they take to it, Owen, your groomsmen, when you told them that they'd, they'd be dancing through the through the ceremony? How do they How do they handle that? Uh, well, one or two got a shock, like, but the the others thought it'd be a good laugh. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so it's just a different experience. It's an old way to to be to be meant to be announced before you come in and then dancing all the way up. You know? Yeah. But it was good fun in the end. Okay. We'll see you on the show over the weeks to come and I'm sure it'll be up on the player as well uh, Owen uh, from Balancholic Jennifer originally from Nigeria um, and they got married in Nigeria and back here at Balancholic as well and they'll be on a new show called A Ring and a Prayer which is coming up on Fridays on RT1 um, yes I'm, we're thinking here now of an old song uh, Yes Sir I Can Boogie they dance a thing called the Booga at Nigerian weddings and it would appear to be the origin of the boogie and one is fierce tempted but we can't we'd be fierce we'd be we'd be in trouble wouldn't we we would be awful trouble awful trouble fierce trouble no no we won't we won't we won't we won't join the conversation this is the opinion line with hidden hearing focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years they're all ears visit hiddenhearing.ie Cork's 96 FM the Cork Diary on Cork's 96FM. The Stable Bar Darts Team presents an exhibition with Chris Doby at the Stable Bar Carrigaline on Sunday the 19th of November. Doors open at 6pm with the event starting at 7 and proceeds will go towards Shine. If you have an event you would like mentioned, email the details to corkdiary at 96fm.ie The Cork Diary on Cork's 96FM. So I was talking with Carol Horgan from Best of Buds in the Winthrop Arcade and we'll podcast the interview because it was an interesting conversation about city centre. She's a very enthusiastic city centre business person but she was making a number of points about the city centre and how while it is fantastic and a great place for her to work and a great place for her to do business not enough is being done to promote it to people to make them want to come in and she had a lot to say um, Kathy, you were listening. She also put a couple of questions out there to people, and one of them was, "Why would you not come into the city?" And she wants us to kind of use it as research. So I said we'd run it today and maybe even run it again tomorrow. A few things coming in, like lack of parking spaces and the cost of parking, 
when you can get a space. It's easier to stay in the suburbs and in the shopping centres. That's from Martina in Balancholic. Katie says, I'd like a place to park my bike that it'd be dry and safe so I can just do my shopping in peace. I used to love Cork City, but not anymore. Parking is too expensive. All the one-way streets, the roadworks. It's just too stressful, says Anne-Marie. The cost of the lack of parking, which is a point that Carol was making. Um, I was listening to your caller. She makes a lot of sense. The only reason I rarely visit the city now is I live in Ballincollig and everything I need is here with the shopping centres, the restaurants, the library and the bars. And that's from, from Niall. Cathy, morning. Good morning, TJ. How are you doing? Good. Do you come into the city? I do. Actually, I'm going in later on today, and I come in quite a lot because I like to shop there, support the English market. My dentist is in town, and, you know, it's a beautiful city, and I want to support the retail people as much as we can. But I have found, I have to agree with Cruel, the cost of parking on a daily basis is outrageous. People are afraid to go into town to have lunch because you're going to be clamped if you stay over the hour or you can't afford to stay there. Um, So that was one of the things I would the you know, promotion with Carol that really it is very difficult to try and get in and out of town and park. Yeah. If you look at the South Mall, you open your car door there and you could be head a bicyclist, a cyclist is going in the opposite direction to the car. So you've more cycling than your parking space. And I know for the stuff I want to buy, I can't put on the back of a bicycle. So you know, I want to run in my car. I want to be able to park or be able to pull up my car yeah. and get in and out of it easily enough. Yeah. You- you, were you accosted as well on the way to the dentists a couple of times? Last week, yes. I was accosted twice on Patrick Street last week. Once outside of the Devon building and the other one on the edge of Mailer Street in the morning. Mm. This is 10, 30, 11 o'clock in the morning now. You know, I'm not a fragile little old lady yet, but it's not fair. I mean, people are afraid and are nervous. When you're on Patrick Street and you're on your own, you're walking around, you probably put your handbag or some shopping. I would be nervous with my mum being inside in town or any elderly person inside in town because it is not safe, definitely. There's a bit of lawlessness after creeping in. Possibly happened during COVID. But there is definitely an awful lot more people that are homeless or around the city centre and that's frightening people and putting people off, especially women that I would talk to about going into town. They are afraid. And it's easier to go to Mahan Point or Wilton Shopping Centre. Would you be inclined to come in for your Christmas shopping? I would have to think about it very seriously. I'd say not at this stage. It would, and you know, again, parking is an issue. And if you're going to be there for a few hours shopping, I mean, it's lovely to go into town and walk around and have a look at the shops. But if you want to go in and do a day shopping with somebody, where are you going to park for the day? How much is it going to cost me? Is it going to cost me 28 euro for the day? Why would I? Why not go to Mahan? Why not go to Scabreen where it's free? You know, why not go to Kerry? Even Kildare Outlet Centre. I mean... Are they trying to push people out of Cork? Because you can go to Kildare Rapid Centre at the moment and you won't even get off the motorway with the queues of people going up there on Saturday and Sundays. Yeah. Parking is for free. And there's everything. Shops, restaurants, you know, uh, holding or shopping for your concierge service. I'm not promoting them, but... You'd I have understand, to though. I understand, what, yeah. What yeah. people want. Yeah. I mean, if I want to go in and do a day shopping in Cork, where am I going to park my car? Am I going to go up and down to the car and move the car several times? Yeah. You know, and it, it's right. not like you're going to come in and do a day's... Christmas shopping and bring the whole lot home on the bus. No, I'm not. And you're not also going to put in park and ride. I mean, if I park and ride out in Blackpool, am I going to hop on, hop off, out, in, out, in? You know, with oh, how many bags am I going to carry? Am I going to have somebody walking around behind me carrying bags? You know, no matter what we buy, when you're shopping in pennies and stuff, you know, you paper bags in the rain, they're going to get wet. You're going yeah. to carry these things around. Yeah. They have to make it easy for people to get into the city. I and mean, it's a beautiful city. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I yeah, love yeah. it, Peter. 
Love going to the Winter Parkade, all those beautiful businesses inside there, Crow being one of them, Monrail next door, the go over to Kenny's Jewelers, go down to King's, go down to the English market, go down to all of these lovely established yeah, businesses yeah. that have been there forever yeah. and are doing so much to brighten up the city centre and cleaning up the outside of their shops and doing wonderful decorations. But even going in to buy fish, simple fish or cheese in the English market now, you're afraid because you won't get clamped. You know, you can't I think, to be fair, to, to be fair, I think, Cathy, I think clamping is gone, to be fair, but you get a ticket. Clamping, tickets, that's what I mean. You get yeah, a ticket, right. yeah. You get a ticket, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and like, I mean, there's no break for anybody, you know, so that's, that's a disincentive. You know, that is pushing people out of the city, and it's a pity to see it being pushed out. Yeah. You know, and even if you go in to meet somebody, you know, some of the streets are very silky, they're quite dirty. Um, the South Mars, there's businesses, some business could go out and clean outside. If everybody did their own little job and cleaned outside their own little shop front, you know, but some of those side streets are actually dangerous for people to go walking up and down because you don't know what's going to happen if you're there on your own, especially when it gets dark in the evening. You know, it's, you are vulnerable now. You feel vulnerable and that's a danger when people are feeling vulnerable. Yeah. Why would they? When Carol came on, she, she wanted to the best will in the world to be very, very positive because mm. she loves being in the city centre. And she, But even yeah. in pointing out the positives, she cast a very bright light on the negatives that make it hard to be positive. Yeah. 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 And I can see where she's coming from. She worked so hard in her shop and the whole, the whole, like look at Joe's and Bros, that whole Winthrop, you know, arcade is beautiful. And most of the businesses are inside in town are really, really, really doing their very best. And I love to go in there. I love support it. And I want to be there. I don't want to be going down to the shopping centres all around the city centre. I don't particularly like them. I'd rather be with a small person, the small guy, shop local and support our local people. And that's what we need to do because they won't be there. The hairdressers will be gone. The dentist will move out. The doctor's surgeries, all those places that we need in the city centre will go because nobody's going to go in there. Yeah. And that's going to end up with Patrick Street, Oliver Punk Street in the South Mall sitting there empty. Vape shops, vape shops, phone shops and sports yeah. shops. That's and what you'll end up with. That's it. And then we'll be sitting there saying, what happened? You know, when we have an opportunity, we should be doing it now. And we should be getting there together and get maybe the city hall to listen and say, what do people want? Give them, give them a few hours parking, give them a day or two of parking as a gesture of goodwill. Support those businesses that are paying the rent and their rates and employ people. Because all of those businesses have people working for them and they have mortgages and they have families. And if you take all of that out, you know, what do you have? An economy that's falling apart, a city centre that's dead. If you're a tourist and you're going to come into Cork tonight and stay in the Imperial Hotel, do you in the Imperial want your people to be able to walk around and have a nice city? Or do you want to be, you know, put them on a bus and send them somewhere else? Yeah. Cathy, you make a lot of very strong points, and thank you. And you'll have to think long and hard about coming in to do your Christmas shopping, even though you are a regular visitor to the city centre. Cathy, thank you. Uh, following on from, from Carol's call, and we will podcast that interview uh, later. Meg, you'd be a fairly regular visitor to the city, or you used to be. Morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Good. Good to see you've recovered. Ah, thank you very much. Um, to be honest, PJ, I need, I love the city. I love the city. I worked in there. And parking to me isn't an issue. It's the fear. If you're in there on your own, I know many a woman that won't go in now with a handbag. They'll bring maybe some, you know, they'll either hide it or they'll just, you know, they'll bring a card. Okay. So they'll have, so it's not as visible. But to be honest, the city has been, decli- has been declining for years and it's just been left go that way. I mean, if you go to Rome, you'll have them, you'll have a, a garden where you'll have them suited and booted, okay? And no nonsense approach. 
Yeah. You're going to the city now, and I'm not like it's it's fear. It's fear. You know, you have you have. What kind of things have you, have you seen? What have you? And you could sit. I've sat outside the Imperial, whereby you have you have a little area there where people can come along and sit without without being part of the custom of the Imperial, and they'll come over and you'll be accosted. Yeah. I there were two elderly women who were actually quite nervous of their handbags, and I went and approached the porter about it, and the porter came out and spoke to the guys, and they moved on. I won't put the fault with homelessness. You have quite a, you have quite a number of young people who will come along, and they'll ask for you, or they're short for the bus, and they couldn't be short for that bus every every hour of the day. Mm-hmm. They're in at all. They're they're not in at just one specific time. They're in the whole, they're in throughout the day. Yeah. You sit outside the sh- you sit outside the shadow, and you're there, and you're thinking, "Gosh, lovely. I'll relax." Next, somebody comes up to you. Like that should not that should not be happening. There should be you go into Mahan Point or any of the other shopping centres and you'll see security. Yeah. You won't have the same fear factor. Now I personally would rather shop in the city. I have no issues with parking. I can be dropped in there, I can be collect I can be collected. Yeah. I can get a bus. Yeah. If I'm going to be laden with anything, I can be collected. I have that luxury. But the point about it is it's the fear. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't go in there on my own now. Would you be inclined to do uh, your Christmas shopping in there? Um, I would, but I would rather I would I would have company with me. Yeah. But I certainly would have no fear if I thought that there was a presence guard. I worked in the city, yeah. and I remember a time when you had when you would see a vis- you would visibly see guards walking along. Mm. We're not faulting guards. Because that's a whole that's a whole other ball game. Yeah. But there's not um, there's not a safe feeling. Yeah. And it's sad because I mean we all love Cork. Yeah. And I took my hat off to Carl this morning. Fair juice to the girl. She's doing she's doing her best. Yeah. Yeah. But she when you she speak, feels that she sorry. feels that she feels that our planners, our our powers that be across in City Hall that they're not listening to the retailers. I think she's a very strong point. Well, the thing is, PJ, she's out there. They're inside the brick, they're inside the brick walls. And after COVID, a lot of excuse was work from home, work from home. A lot of that took the business. I mean, when I worked in the city, you could go into the Imperial, you could have a carvery. You could go into the likes of Billy Morgan's, you could have a carvery. You could go into the shops, grab your cuppa, walk along the street. They, we're, we're, when I worked in the city, most of the female staff I worked with would come in with bags of luncher of the various things they purchased. Yes. That's not happening now because a lot of the businesses, the staff are still remotely working or hybrid, a few days in, a few days out. That custom is gone. Yeah. You know, you speak of Opera Lane and you speak, you know, a lot of the English shops had left. A lot of them were rent free for a while. To bring them into the city. What about the point of we need more people living upstairs? Uh, yes, I remember. I remember dealing with a, per, a guy one time, and he his family home had been on Alfrank Street. Yeah. yeah. For years, you know, but but the, the people do people with the powers to be to do this. They don't think like you, like you or me. You know, they don't see that. They think of they think a place must be. Prim and proper and ready for someone to just move into. 
if somebody was offered a, a place inside in the city to live up over a premises that they could set up to their own, they, they do it up themselves to have well, that opportunity. Well, they had that in the 90s, Meg. I remember a thing in the 90s where on North Main Street was you could you could actually get help for living over the shop so that if you yeah. had a business yeah. and there was space upstairs, yeah. whether it grants or tax breaks, I'm not too sure which, you could actually make a little apartment up there or a little house for yourself yeah. if, if you want to live over your own business. That stopped, yeah. though. Yeah. And, and people would support it. But yeah. But it's, um, I mean, to, to be honest with you, we, like there are, the, the, the crock people out there would lo- love their city. You'd love to go to the everyman, you'd love to go to, I mean, look at Curtin Street, look at the way they're transforming it. But look what they're doing with the traffic up there. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, you, you create, and it is. And the, the new McCurtain Street is gorgeous. It's 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 lovely, and I can't wait to see it in the yes, springtime. Yeah, with, with the yeah. But God yes. Almighty, you can't get near it for looking at it. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Like, I mean, they want to make us European, but yet they don't want to give us the the law enforcement within the cities that the European cities have. That's true too, isn't it? That's you know, true too. I mean, if you go down to Amsterdam in New Year, you ring in the New Year in Amsterdam. You, I tell you, you won't step out. You won't step out of, and and cause any problems. No, you won't. No, you won't. No, if you try no. any Spanish city, can, there'll be a, there'll be a local cop down top you before you exactly. can. Exactly, and Robinson. you can yeah. go. You can fly there knowing you're not going to have trouble. That's true. You can walk. I many time I went out in my lunch hour, and you'd have someone shouting from one side of Patrick Street over to the other, and you step back. You say, "Gosh, I'm not going to go to that shop now. There might be a brawl outside that." Yes, and nobody, and, and PJ, you just don't bother to report because you could be reporting every day of the week. That's true, too. That's true. But look, it's great to hear you mentioning it because Christmas ain't too far away. 39 I'd days. See, I'd love to see the shop supported. Yeah. But I'm, to be honest with you, um, and I, I would have, I never remember this years back. I mean, you often had people looking, you often had people inside the streets, many time I gave them funds. But you never had them in your face. Yeah. Fear with, with fear. There was always poor people. There was always someone yeah, with a cup in front of them. But there, there was no aggression back then. Yeah, I could name areas where they stood, and you just knew you'd see them when you came out of work, and they never bothered you. They were there, and you knew where they were if you wanted to give them a few bob. That's but true. But not true. like now. No, a lot has changed. Meg, thank you. Great call, and we'll have more of them. Um, continuing at this, it's an idea Carol gave us. Have a discussion. Why is it? If people aren't coming in, why are they not coming in? And then maybe present all of this evidence back to her and she can do what she wants with it um, and maybe give it to the powers that be. What would stop you from going into town? And we've got people coming to us on all of our platforms this morning. I love my city, but I'm not going in for this reason or that reason or for the other reason. Uh, Tom says there are no toilets. There's thousands of people coming in. Some kind of arrangement has to be made up by the library. Um, and, and then, you know, you, you need you need facilities for people who are coming in. Public toilets. They need to be cashless. You need no, the gone of the days when you can go fishing for a 50 cents coin to get into the toilet. There needs to be some better facilities, says Tom, in Blackpool. And here's a thought before I go to a tune. Uh, this is a difficult thing to say. This came in on the phone. Uh, you don't give your name, but 364 are the last digits of your phone number. Thank you. A lot of the problem in Cork is due to the various homeless drives or soup kitchens that create a service area 
on Patrick Street. There are knock-on consequences here to what you're doing in terms of attracting people to just hang around waiting for the service to start, which is an interesting point. A lot of people contacting us now to say one of the places they will not go is into the city centre to do their Christmas shopping, which is sad. But that was the question that we asked. Um, So many people complaining about the lack of parking and the cost of parking when you can get it. And also this one says some of the older car parks, the spaces aren't big enough for all the Chelsea tractors. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox 96 FM. Back to this tomorrow, the city centre, and why you might choose not to come in for your Christmas shopping, much as the retailers would love you to, and much as I would encourage you to, with every fibre of my being, uh, so many people saying that they won't for any number of reasons. Although, let's finish for now with one positive comment. Mike says he walked down Douglas Street yesterday for the first time in a long time, and the potential is there to really add to the residential and commercial layout. Nano Nagel Centre is a revelation. I got my business done with an old cork company with old traditional values, and it was such a treat. And that's from Mike. And Casey, I mentioned earlier on that the last resident of Patrick Street was a lady called Sheila Boyle, and she died a a year or two ago. But Casey seems to think there's someone living on Patrick Street at the moment. Is there? (laughs) Can we talk to them if there is? 0818 96 96 96. Now, you might have seen, oh, before I go to that uh, the Premier League Live, not on this weekend. Uh, there's an international set of international fixtures, so no Premier League Live with us on 96M.ie. It is back next weekend. Trevor and the team back uh, on Saturday, November 25th, uh, powered by TalkSport with commentaries, interviews and reaction. Premier League Live uh, is brought to you by Harvey Norman, your home of the big screen. You're listening on the Cork's 96FM app or go to 96FM.ie. There's a video doing the rounds. I got it on Sunday. Or was it Saturday? It doesn't matter. It's a sulky race on the Croom Bypass. But there have been many sulky races. There was one years ago on the old Mallow Road. If you go up the North Ring Road, you'll see a a fair few sulkies up there from time to time. If you go out the old White's Cross Road, out to where we used to play our trade in the very, very early days of this radio station, you'll see sulkies out there. They are everywhere. And when they race, it causes a stir and not a good one. Uh, Tiffany Quinn is from Animal Animal Law Ireland. they're they're going on every weekend somewhere, aren't they, Tiffany? Good morning. Hi, good morning. Um, yeah, look, harness racing is um, it's a very popular sport around the world, and it is a legitimate sport. Yes. Uh, but it's carried; it should be carried out on tracks safely, and with the appropriate checks for you know harness, the equipment, the uh, the cart itself, animal welfare, and also um, complying with. The, the legislation of the land. The mm-hmm. roads are not racetracks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We do have racetracks in Ireland, you know. There's, they're, they're planning a new one in Clonakilty. Um, the, the sport itself is governed by uh, the, the, the Irish Harness Racing Association, mm-hmm. um, the Irish Trotting and Harness Racing Federation. You know, as I say, it is possible... <laughs> 
you know, to, to be involved in this sport legitimately and safely yes. and with regard to the laws of the land and animal welfare. <laughs> but we do not do it on public roads and I'm sure you've seen the video from Crew. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a lot of um there's a lot of races that have been reported by members of the public. There was five races reported uh to Ongar the Shiakona the first weekend in November, six races reported last weekend. Um, and we, you know, I mean it's suspected that the busy weekend is due to an ongoing competition with various different uh, legs in it, no pun intended. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but an awful lot of these races um you know, they they end up going viral on social media. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, there are people literally hanging out the window of cars driving the wrong way up through yeah. a Yeah, through I a suppose just for the context, uh, Tiffany, and to, and to put it out there for people who haven't maybe seen the video, you've got harness races, a harness race on the, on the public road, and then it's mm-hmm. surrounded by cars, some of them, like you say, going in the wrong direction, some of them with people hanging out the windows of the cars, blocking the road, blocking any other traffic from using the road while this race continues. All of that is illegal behaviour. Yeah, it's um, it's it's shocking. The, the thing is that it's careless driving of horses at speed for long periods of time on the road. So that's how you would define, you know, the the illegal piece. Um, there are a number of pieces of legislation at play here that that, that would be at the disposal of Ungar the Shiokana uh, to prevent and enforce. There's the Road Traffic Act, careless driving, dangerous driving. Um, you have to get a license to hold a race. Um, there's the Animal Health and Welfare Act because um, it's prohibited uh, to be reckless or cruel or cause unnecessary suffering to an animal. You've got the Control of Horses Act. Um, but it's difficult for the Gardaí to enforce this because even if they do have a prior heads up that this is going to be happening, mm-hmm. um, it's very difficult to them to stop it once the race has got underway. So say you're driving along in your car and you come across one of these races, you might pick up the phone and call the local guard station. The, guard, the local guard station will have maybe a car at their disposal. If it's available, they'll send that one car. It's very difficult for them to stop a race when it's in full flight like that. Mm-hmm. And the tragedy is that they're not resourced. You know, they're, they're really there needs to be... Um, some kind of an intelligence gathering operation where, uh, you know, the Gardaí can be warned that these races are planned, you know. It's all over social media. The intelligence is there, you know, yeah. when you go looking for it. There's also an obligation, then, isn't there, on the guards to, to stop something like this safely. And if you just have one car yes. or one car and Correct. maybe a, mo- a motorbike or two, you can't possibly do it safely. You can't do it safely with, you know, these very, very busy dual carriageways. It's at speed. Like, you know, these, these. I mean, apart from the road users, the horses um, themselves are traveling at speed, 40, 45 miles an hour, you know. So really what it would need would be an intelligence gathering unit or dedicated you know, couple of resource, some resource in the Gardaí who could ga- gather the intelligence. And it needs to be a nationwide specific operation mm-hmm. because if you get one, you know, 
guard guard the station who's very focused on on kind of preventing it in their in their own area. Like it, I think it happened on the N3 there. They they patrolled regularly and they prevented. And the warning was sent out to the the racers that you know the N3 is off limits. But what happens is then they just move to another dual carriageway. So really, it needs to be a nationwide operation and um, to prevent and patrol and send out the message mm. that you know this is going to be treated as a serious crime but the problem is it probably won't be treated as a serious crime until a member of the public is badly injured or or, or, or killed worse. Or you worse. know and yeah and yeah talk to me a little bit about um, animal law ireland um, your your organisation because this is uh, apart from anything else there's animal cruelty going on here isn't there well you know, I, I'm into horses. I, I have a horse and I very often go for a hack up the roads, but it'll be a gentle trot, you know. It's 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 um I I shudder to think of their joints, you know, these these um these trotters uh trotting on tarmac all the time like that. As I said, legitimate harness racing is usually carried out on a kind of an all weather track. Yeah. Which would be a little bit kinder to the joints and the hooves. Yeah. Um, so it can lead to arthritis uh, and all that kind of um, pain, you know, in, in, in the legs. But, you know, I'm not a vet, so I wouldn't make a call on that. But I, I know that there are, are laws in place. Um, the Animal Health and Welfare Act protects animals from recklessness, yeah. reckless, cruel, unnecessary suffering. Yeah. And look, it's a matter of opinion, you know, but you definitely are putting animals in danger. Mm as well as humans. You're making a point as well. Activity. Look, there's nothing wrong with the sport. It's a legitimate sport. Harness racing is yeah. a legitimate throughout the world over, but do it in a legitimate place, not in the public road. Yeah. Yeah, and it's at speed and, it, it, you know, it's not, it's not, uh, there's no checks. There's yeah. no checks of the equipment. There's no checks of the harness. There's no checks for animal welfare. Yeah. Um, the rules, there are, there, the, the rules do not apply. You know, the harness racing bodies have certain rules in place, and they would be enforced at a legitimate race. Yeah. But a race on the road is beyond these rules. Mm. So it's it's um, the, the, the appropriate checks are not in place. So the yeah. roads shouldn't be treated as racetracks. But you see, it's very difficult for the Gardaí because they're not resourced. The Gardaí themselves are generalists. You know, the average uh, member of Angarda Siakon is, is a generalist. So they wouldn't have specific intelligence and data about this and it's very when when a member of the public reports it has to be a you know they are reactive they react yeah. to these reports rather than proactively preventing yeah. Yeah. so what we really need is a multi-agency approach like the department of justice the department of transport you know needs to needs to divert funding okay. to this if they're serious about it but you know it won't become a big deal until somebody is injured. And that's unfortunate. And that's the truth, though. Uh, it won't become a big deal, Tiffany, until someone is injured or worse. Tiffany Quinn, Animal Law Ireland, thank you very much for that. Roma says, I don't go to town. It breaks my heart. It's shabby, neglected and soulless. There's a lack of parking, too. And what's there is too expensive. And there's a lot of people who aren't very pleasant. I'm a born and bred Northsider, but this is not the city I once knew, uh, says Roma. That's a conversation we will take up again tomorrow because I think it's going to take off and take light for us. Started by Carol.
from Best of Buds. But that's it for today. Programme edited by Imro Hay, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. And we shall see you tomorrow, just after nine. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Coach 96 FM. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit